for another, for another episode of Clearing Chaos. Clearing Chaos. <laughs> Seven <laughs> Habits of Highly Effective People edition. Oh boy. Chaos is all around us. It's in our minds. It's in our spaces. Melissa is a hopeful who simplifies organizing. Angel is a curious idealist who clarifies complexities. Together, we take on the mental overwhelm and cluttered spaces to spark conversations that lead to clearing chaos. <laughs> I think you already live habit number one. Uh, so habit number one is be proactive. So I was thinking we could start it off with the, uh, the de defining, defining what it is for a little bit of context for those who have not. I think a lot of people have read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, but if not, me, this is what it looks like. We'll give some context. So habit one is be proactive. What that looks like if you are effective. Proactive people do more than take initiative. They realize they are responsible for their own choices and have the freedom to choose based on principles and values rather than on moods or conditions. Proactive people are agents of change. Ineffective people are reactive. Reactive people don't take responsibility for their own lives. They feel victimized, a product of circumstances, their past, and other people. They do not see themselves as the creative force of their lives. <laughs> so I'd say in general, I'm generally speaking, I'm proactive in the context of how I live. I take responsibility for my own actions, the things that I can take control of. Um, I don't tend to be a product of circumstances or the past or other people, but I will say there are probably certain situations where that could come up. Where I let now, myself you, get aggravated. feel like you've always been proactive? It's a good question. Do you feel like you've always been proactive? Because I know you're proactive. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. no. No? Oh, definitely what caused, not. What caused the shift for you? Um, I think there's different elements of life that I'm like, that changed over time of, you know, like if you have a career, well, I hate my job. Well, okay, well. I can hate my job or get a different one. So for me, different elements, work, lifestyle, obviously lifestyle was a big one for me, or even relationships I had to, I was reactive for a while until something clicked. And then I'm like, well, no, forget that. I'm tired of giving you control and taking control for myself. So then I became more proactive of, of those parts and choices I wanted in that specific avenue of my life. I like to think of being proactive in terms of cooking a frozen pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> I think there are people who take the frozen pizza out of the box or the package and just toss it in the oven. And then there are people who take it out, realize, well, these pepperonis, there's like half of them over here. And there's this big area over here that has no pepperoni. So they'll rearrange the pepperonis before they put it in the oven. <laughs> I like to rearrange the pepperonis before I put it in the oven. Because if I don't do that, the pizza comes out of the oven and I get frustrated that the pepperonis are all lopsided. 
and half the pizza has pepperonis on it and half of it don't. So I could be frustrated about the uneven distribution of the pepperonis, or I could fix it before the problem exists. <laughs> so that's how I like to think about being proactive versus reactive. I think another, another way, um, another thing that it makes me think of is how I park the car in the driveway. Mm. I reverse into the driveway. Um, I hate backing out of my driveway. Um, it's hard to see. I can't tell if there's cars coming. Um, it's just annoying. And especially like if you're leaving in the morning and you're half tired. Uh, so something proactive that I can do to avoid that frustration is back into the driveway when I get home. Um, and so I, I think in, those are just small examples of things that like ways that it can come to life. But if you take that approach in everything, I feel like you make your life a lot easier, better. Hmm. Think ahead a little bit. Or think about the things that frustrate you and ask yourself, how can I make this less frustrating for myself in the future? Or how can I avoid putting myself into this situation in the future so I don't have to feel like this? How can I, you know, I don't know, build a habit to be proactively and less stressed tomorrow. Make See? me a more effective person. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so one of the things in the book where they're talking, where um, Stephen Covey's talking about the habit of being proactive, he talks about how um, between stimulus and response, we have the power to choose. Some of the things that make us different than animals are self-awareness, imagination, conscience, and independent will. And so we have the freedom to choose when there's something coming at us, some kind of situation that we're in, circumstances that we're under, we have the freedom to choose how to react to those things. I'm thoughtful about my responses to situations, like ask what can I do about the situation before I move forward with a reaction. Um, but there are still some things where I gut reaction takes over. <laughs> Flinched. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> um, I am definitely more often than not proactive, thoughtful about the steps I take. There are times where my give a shit dar is empty. And over, and I do not, and I just will react. So what's the situation where you've, maybe a situation recently where you did respond in a reactive way? Well, it's, it's funny because as you, because I back my car in 95% of the time, but sometimes people are a-holes in traffic or my wipers didn't work or my teenager had a teenager attitude before school and I just don't freaking care. So I drop them off and I just pull up straight in. Because I'm like, I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter. Forget it. Until or, the next know, time you get in the car to leave and you're like, crap, why did I do that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like a it's like a win-lose kind of like it frustrates me because I have to back out. And I hate backing out. But at the same time, when I back into my drive, but I leave it running and the garage open, then the smoke comes in the garage. So it's like a win-lose. I try to find the win. So if I pull in, then the smoke doesn't the exhaust doesn't come straight at me. So, but I don't know. There are definitely mood, hanger, emotional levels that I reach that I no longer want to make an effort to think through things and be proactive and positive. There are times it's like, yeah, I don't care about your opinion anymore. Could you please stop talking? So 
It says, between <laughs> stimulus and response, you have the freedom to choose. This is your greatest power. One of the most important things you choose is what you say. Your language is a good indicator of how you see yourself. A proactive person uses proactive language. I can, I will, I prefer, etc. A reactive person uses reactive language. I can't, I must, if only. Reactive people believe they are not responsible for what they say. They have no choice. Mm. So there may be a situation within the past few weeks where you responded in a reactive way or used that kind of reactive language. Yes and no. Okay, so I'm going to say, uh, so I say yes and no because normally when I say can't, it's not that I can't, it's that I can't with you anymore. And so, so we got out of the habit when Isaac did Taekwondo of not saying I can't because then you had to do five push-ups. And me being the involved mom got on board with that. I was like, this is the dumbest idea I've ever had. Why did I agree to this? But I was already in it. <laughs> and so I really put the I can't do things on check, which opened my mind to, oh, I could do that whole time here. It might not be the brightest ideal, but it's definitely going to be like, there's nothing I can't do. Like, watch this. It's going to happen. It's like, if there's a will, there's a way. And I definitely have the will. But at the same time, when my level of care is full, especially working with people that feel like they need to be the center of attention 24-7 and they're the only ones that matter and drop everything to do this for me because I called because you didn't immediately respond to my IM and did you read my emails that I all said back to back to back. Those people I am more reactive to. It's like, sure, let me just drop everything because you're the only person I have to work with today. How else can I serve you out? And it comes out kind of like that. So that's definitely more of a reactive because I no longer care to filter the straight annoyance I have. I want you mm -hmm. to make sure that you are really receiving clearly that I can no longer care about you today. Well, in those situations, it sounds like it's not necessarily an I can't, it's an I won't, which I think is kind of important to set boundaries set clear boundaries for yourself on when you will and will not continue to care. Um, I mean, it's, I don't think it can't to me as an inability to, and I think you still have the ability to, it's just you're for your I'm own sanity, making not. the choice not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm still proactively choosing. Right. So it's just about changing your language from I can't to I won't. Like, this is a conscious choice on my part. I will not continue to care about this situation. This conversation is done. That's my choice. Yes. I'm choosing to know. <laughs> exactly. Between stimulus and response, you still have the, the, the power to choose. That's your, that's your freedom. So I'm proactively choosing to respond. So, so instead of a sarcastic response um what do you think is a proactive response that you could give them maybe different language that you could use in nope. that situation no because the built the relationship's been built over time and so now the relationship has shifted from the oh yes no i hear your concern um give me 10 minutes i'll get back to that to the Sure. What else can I jump through a hoop that's on fire for you for today? So I think once the relationship shifts to the, I'm tired of being nice and used. Now I'm choosing to be very blunt and clear and let you know 
that you're pissing me off. So when you call me back in 20 minutes, this attitude is not on me. But I think like once the once a relationship or communication line shifts, for me personally, there's no going back. There is, here's where you are. We start off kind. We start off trying to be understanding. We start off not super vulnerable, but like relationship-wise. But once we cross over that line of, oh my God, you're weird and silly like me. We can be besties. There's that establishment, but there's also that, okay, you're just going to be a needy person that wants me to bow down to your every women need. And that establishment has also been made to the, okay, no, that's just who you are. I'm out. So how do you communicate that it's not okay for you to be that, that that's not, you have boundaries that make it not okay for them to treat you that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, they definitely in my personal life, it is very clear of, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm just choosing not to continue the conversation. So we can shift the conversation or see you later. And let's I talk mean, about I how you can let's talk about how you can be more proactive so you don't try to put me in this situation because you're the one who has control over this, not me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've used yeah. that before in in my personal, even with even with my mom, it's like I understand you're trying to help, but these subjects of discussion are now off the table for the rest of the afternoon do you want to order lunch or are we going back home you decide i'm giving you the control these are the set boundaries these are the things we will not be discussing because i'm not open to your opinion are we doing this or this and so then we you know ordered some margaritas some queso and had a good lunch but but it's it's very clear for me proactively going this is going to be a trigger. I'm going to react by smacking you. Let's proactively lay the boundaries. What about you? Um, to which question? To <laughs> what's a situation where you have, has there been a situation where you've reacted? Yes. It's my kid all the time. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> the second that his tone switches to the whiny complain mode, mm -hmm. it like instantly triggers me. I don't care what it is. There's no reason like, cause it's always over stupid stuff. Half the time it's because he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. And then somehow he goes into the whiny complainer mode and it makes no sense. <laughs> so how do you react? Though? Stop are it you... right now or all electronics are gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So what? Nothing. You're doing good now. Go back to your game. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gut reaction that needs stuff. And then, of course, that just increases the whining. Like, that's not making it better. <laughs> so that's that's still a work in progress. Some of the time, I think it's because I haven't set good enough expectations on the front end. Okay, that's something that you shouldn't have done. But where do I take ownership of? Like, how clear did I really make it that that was not something that you were supposed to do? Did I outline it in very clear, very specific words? 
Or did I assume that you were smart enough to pick up on that? Oh, yeah. I have to remind myself sometimes you're nine years old. <laughs> so maybe there's some context that you're just not going to pick up that you need to be told specifically. So like, for instance, um, we had a conversation about YouTube comments. Like you're nine, you need to not be in the YouTube comments. Um, if we're going to let you be responsible enough to use YouTube, regular YouTube, not kids YouTube, then you need to be responsible enough to keep yourself out of the comments. Um, and maybe that's something that we haven't explicitly said as clearly as we needed to before. Mm. Parenting is hard. It is. And it's it's because mine mine is a little older than yours. Mine's 13 now. And so he will make the choices, even like the good and bad choices of I knew it was wrong, but I was just pissed off, so I did it anyway. Like Oh. Okay, well, thanks for taking ownership. You're still grounded for two weeks. So, I mean, those kinds of things, it's like... But if you didn't take ownership, it would have been three. So good job, well, Right? <laughs> but that's kind of like, there's there's definitely the progression of, you can watch other people go through that of, no, I clearly made the choice to do said action or not do said action or have attitude toward thing. And so it's very fun to watch other people progress through that. Not just kids, but, you know, like partners or even my parents or people you have relationships. So it's to watch that light bulb moment be like, ah, ah, you just realized you could react differently, didn't you? <laughs> you just realized that was on you, didn't you? <laughs> so in this, um, in this seven habits, it's like a workbook that goes along with the main book. It talks about. Mastering the moment between negative stimulus and your response by following these steps. And this is step number one is one that I have to constantly remind myself. <laughs> Measure how important the situation is to you on a scale of one to five. Because like that, I get, I get aggravated about stupid stuff. Like what? Like the fact that right now. My kid has a plate and a wrapper from his peanut butter cracker sitting on his desk. Mm -hmm. And I could look over there and I could get like really mad about it, really frustrated. I could yell at him. But how important is that one plate, that one package of crackers on a scale of one to 10 in the grand scheme of things? It's not that big a deal. It's not worth, this goes back to our conversation around how many fries we have to give. Is it this something that I really need to give a fry about? <laughs> how much of a fry do I need to give? Um, <clears throat> so measure how important the situation is to you on a scale of one to five. Assess your initial reaction, frustration, anger, fear, etc. See the stimulus response model in your mind. Think about a proactive response. And then engage or exit. Use the response you've chosen or exit the situation. And then re review your performance to see how proactive you are. See, when you break them down, that just sounds like effort. <sighs> I mean, I think it's something that can become automatic. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some situations where I do that without thinking about it. And then there's some where I have to think about it so that I don't react straight on that gut emotional response place. 
So what, what do you have an example of when you, when you have to actually think through, okay, this is, this is salty. Let me be proactive on a situation. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's one that comes to mind that was, I had a, a friend who had been my friend from like freshman year of high school. And this was like a couple of years after high school and, um, found out that she was on her way to have a romantic relationship with someone that I had had a romantic relationship with prior to that, a pretty serious one. Um, so I had to pause, take a step back, think how important is this situation to me on a scale of one of five and not in those specific words, but I had to pause and really think about it. And, um, my response in that situation was to exit the situation. I said, have a, have a nice life, deleted contact information and haven't looked back. Wow. Um, because in that situation, what can I control? There's nothing that I can control. Can I see myself having a friendship with this person moving forward if they're going to be in a romantic relationship with that other person? No. They can't be a part of my life. <laughs> and so in a situation where there's nothing that I could do, I wasn't going to waste my time crying over it, arguing over it, yelling at Why am I going to yell at her? Try to get revenge. It's stupid. So peace out. I hope you both are very happy. And that was the last time that we spoke, and that was, I don't know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Probably longer than that. And I don't regret the decision to do that either, because the decision to do that saved myself a lot of drama and negativity that I didn't need in my life. Yeah. Situations like that with the what-ifs and the whys, yeah. Ew. Hmm. But again, I didn't, I didn't do it because of the book itself. Like that was just a needed to check myself in that moment. And now reviewing my performance to see how proactive I was, I think I was very proactive. I thought long-term about the decision mm -hmm. that I was making and I made the best one. Yeah. Me. I mean, that's definitely something that seems to be ingrained in you. Even at the, like you ask whys a lot, you ask questions a lot. And so you're a thinker more than a reactor i think as a general mm -hmm. angel's a proactive person yeah <laughs> i think so too i think i'm good at navigating that in like navigating in a proactive way when it comes to relationships and like long-term kind of stuff i could be better about the tactile space stuff so, so what's the situation that we, that you have in your current life that you are going to work harder on being proactive at? I think the biggest area that I could benefit from putting that focus into would be into space, the space that I'm in. Um, like your living space and not like outer space? Yeah, like living space, like my desk space, my kitchen space, my upstairs space, all of my spaces, which are making progress in because I know you. Because you know me, yeah. 
So you're kind of being proactive because you're aware of the space and you're aware of the, the feeling you want in a space. Mm -hmm. So you already be, I mean, you just, you just spent 15, two hours, 15 minutes to two hours on the upper cabinets. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you're already proactively taking steps because you are aware of your space. Well, and just by maintaining a friendship and collaboration with you, I think that's part of it too. Um, Earl Nightingale says we become what we think about. And there's a quote in here. It says, you have control over three things, what you think, what you say, and how you behave. To make a change in your life, you must recognize these gifts are the most powerful tools you possess in shaping the form of your life. Sonia Friedman. But I do not have control over what my face says. Practice? Nope. The next section talks about your circle of influence versus your circle of concern. Problems, challenges, and opportunities we face fall into two areas, circle of concern and circle of influence. Wide range of concerns, our health, our children, problems at work, national debt, terrorism in the world. As we look at the list, it becomes apparent that there are some things which we have no real control and others that we can do something about. Proactive people focus their efforts on their circle of influence. I can see that. How we proactively make choices of what we actually want to interact with and be influenced by. Here's a quote from Sonia Friedman. It says, you have control over three things. What you think, what you say and how you behave. To make a change in your life, you must recognize these gifts are the most powerful tools you possess in shaping the form of your life. And so then it goes on to talk about how the every the problems, the challenges, all the things that we face each day fall into our circle of concern and our circle of influence. And so Proactive people tend to focus their efforts on the things that are within the circle of influence, not just within the circle of concern, because there are a lot of things that fall into our circle of concern that we have no control or influence over, like the weather or um, the bad things well, we hear on the news or bad things we hear on the news. Yeah. Lots of stuff that is outside of our circle of influence, still within our circle of concern, but we choose how much we choose to if we want to focus our time and energy on those things or the things that are within our circle of influence. And so with that in mind, it talks about how we can take initiative, make proactive choices, learn as we go. It says people who patiently persist finally see their dreams come true. So thinking along that line of thought, um, if you could develop a new talent, what would it be? To, there are definitely things I need to focus on, but I, I don't know. I've never fully embraced the abilities to learn another language, like in full capacity outside of school, like meeting the mandates. Language has never been a talent I've had that wasn't just muddled work for years in my brain. So maybe, maybe pick up another language. There's not much I... I don't attempt doing that I'm interested in doing. So you and I are on the same page with both of those, actually. Um, <laughs> a new language is something that I've, I've always kind of wanted to learn Italian. Um, but outside of that, there isn't much that like, if I want to learn how to do it, I 
usually tend to go for it. I don't learn things to a point of expertise, though. Right. Once I get to a certain level, like good enough, then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm bored with this. I want to learn something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can make eggs. I don't need to make eggs in 12 different ways. Serve them. I just, I can make breakfast. Done. <laughs> That's a really great example. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Probably language. Although, now that we're having this like proactive, reactive conversation, I definitely need to work on my health, but I'm not proactively doing anything about it. So now this conversation's like, okay, I could proactively make five extra trips up and down the stairs a day. Not that I don't because I forget stuff in the other room. When I get there, I'm like, why am I here? And then I go back upstairs. I'm like, oh yeah, I needed water. And I go back downstairs. But yeah, having this conversation is making me really think there are things I want to accomplish that I could proactively work better at. Health is a really great example of that. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, Evelyn, and I, we, we both work at the same place, but she's in Florida and I'm in Tennessee. We'll add these spots onto each other's calendar where um, we take a walk in the middle of the day. We don't say anything to the other person. We just go into the calendar, find a spot that's free for both of us, block it off. And then when we see that on there, we go. Um, and just take a walk or do something out of our chairs. And we just started doing that again because both of us have kind of fallen off the wagon. We were being really good accountability partners for each other for a long time there, but um, we both kind of fell off the wagon and hadn't been holding each other accountable. So this is our new way of how we're doing that. Um, it's something that we can do where we can be proactive about it. But there's also, I think, having somebody else involved, having that accountability partner makes it a lot easier to stick to those commitments. Um, if I just put a 20 minute walk on my calendar and it gets to that point and I'm in the middle of six things that I need to get done, I'm not gonna stop doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But if I know there's somebody who's ready and waiting for me and they've got their shoes on and they're like, okay, let's do this. I'm gonna get up off my butt and I'm gonna go take that walk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's proactively being accountable to somebody else. Hello, this is where we have a podcast. I mean, mm -hmm. Like, I don't have my own podcast yet because I don't have somebody else waiting for me to show up. Well, and there's a reason that the episodes get posted here a lot more often than they do on the Curious Idealist podcast. <laughs> Let's be real. So what's, what's, is it language that you could proactively work on or is it something else? Well, I mean, I think that that's something that I'd like to do. Um... I do think that there are things that I need to work on, my health being one of them. Um, even with the little walks, I think that I could be more consistent with that. And there are other places where I could add in more activity, um, especially with working from home. I don't make it a priority to get up um, because my desk, it's where I do my work. It's where I do my leisure time. It's where I do podcasting. Everything happens in this zone right here. Um, so... This spot is where I spend the majority of my time. And I mean, even when I'm playing games with Vinny and stuff, he sits right next to me. So still, it's in the same spot. Um, so finding finding more ways, integrating more outside activities. And as the weather's getting nice, it's going to be easier to do that. Um, I think, I don't know, when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, I'm kind of thinking about the next question that's on here, too. If you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? 
You mean other than magically having money up here in a tree? I think that's, I mean, that's a common threat. Now there is, there is a little thing and it's, it's too funny. Like, cause I actually texted my partner about it recently. It's like, I would like to sing more. I would like to go out either karaoke more or join a choir more or sing somewhere more. So that is something I could proactively find outlets and opportunities to do that. There's an app that you can do that with. Yes, but that's not getting me out. It's very no. uncomfortable for me to leave the house and be around people. And so it's, it's doing something I love doing, but forcing myself into the uncomfortness of peopling. I like that. The uncomfortness of peopling. What about you? Don't just ask me the questions. You know you have to answer too. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good try. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think getting out more would be good, not just for me, but for all of us. For me, the little and the hubby. So, yeah, if I could change anything, probably, well, and... I can change anything. It's not if you could, because we can. Um, I think looking for more opportunities to get all of us out of the house doing stuff, probably. A place to focus in on, especially as the weather's getting nicer. We can go to parks. We can go, like, there's a lot more. We live in Tennessee. There's lots of beautiful outdoorsy things to do here. There's an adventure book that partner and I have. It's a couple's adventure book, but they have like family ones and friend ones and all sorts of ones. That's like a scratch off adventure. So you don't know what you're doing, but you can do it. There's like weather alerts or indoor outdoor alerts and like options. So you can choose according to things like that. And then we got a, we got a Polaroid, like a new day Polaroid to take a picture, to capture the adventure, to put that in the book. That's so. awesome. You get one for the family. I already have a camera that prints safety photos. Well, see, so now you just need the book. Just need the book. Mm -hmm. And we also, when the boys were little, my former partner, we all lived together and he had a, he had a kid that's just two years older than mine. So when the boys were little, um, we got popsicle sticks. You can get them like a Dollar Tree or Cuff store or whatever. And we wrote different things to do. So throughout the summer, every day we would pick one. Oh, I'm going to build a building using just blue Lego blocks. Or I'm going to go outside and hunt for dinosaur eggs. So it made us do something unplanned every day too. Coming soon to HopefulSimplicity.com. Activity sticks. Activity sticks. Buy a bundle today. No, that's just, just make your own. <laughs> that's funny. So, um. So after, after those questions, that's, that's where it gets into like, what's stopping you from doing all these things. Um, and so putting in a plan for implementing ways to do all the things that we've been talking about. So as we close out this episode, let's pick one of the things and something that we are going to commit to doing to bring those things to life. I'm reiterating my commitment to moving more here. I've already done it. It was inspired through the vision board party and blood work and health things. And I've already charged my Fitbit. I actually wore it this week and I set a very small goal of hitting steps at least two out of the eight times for the day. 
And I did that twice this week, which is a big thing because it's been over a year. And so I am going to continue to proactively choose my health as a priority. I like that. And that's a commitment I will make as well. And so something even more specific is um, let's add each other on Fitbit because I didn't know you use Fitbit. So let's Let's keep thinking. You think I'm going to know how to add people to anything technology? I commit to helping Melissa (laughs) learn how to add somebody on Fitbit. That's so that cute. we can do our own, we can do our own little mini step challenges. Okay. Okay. I commit to, it took me an hour to figure out how to resync the thing to the app. So. I've, I've got your back. It was kind of my front. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me rephrase. I will assist with your technological challenges, Melissa. <laughs> Okay. So those of you out there in TV land or YouTube land or Spotify land or wherever you're listening from, <laughs> uh, do the same thing. Pick pick one of those things you want to do and make a plan to do it. Leave a, leave a comment. Leave a something somewhere on one of the places. There's a million places to reach us. Leave something somewhere and tell us what you're going to do. Yes. Leave it in the comments. Then we could do it together. I think... I think we'll have a singing together, walking angel, Melissa, in the future. I like that. And it looks like this. <laughs> and it's a wrap for episode two. <laughs> it's a wrap. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Support the show at buymeacoffee.com slash clearing chaos 